Turn in your Bible to the book of 1 John this morning, chapter 5. First John chapter 5, and let's look in verse 1. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that every heart is ready to receive, every mind is alert. We thank you, Lord, for your word that changes us today. In Jesus' name, amen. First John 5 says this, Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begot loveth him that is also begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And then I want you to look um, over in Romans 8.37. The Bible says this, let's look in verse 36. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No, in all, or nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. The Bible tells us that our faith is the victory that overcomes the whole world. Our faith in him. And so I want to just tell you today, your faith can overcome anything. No matter what's coming against you, your faith can win. You know, the Bible, sometimes people think, well, this thing is too big for me. But you know, the Bible says this, there's no temptation in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There's no temptation that's taken you, but such as is common to man. There's no temptation you're facing that, no, you know, this is just... Special to me. I'm, I'm so special that you know, no one else's face is. No, everyone's faced what you're facing and have overcome it as well. And so there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God will with the temptation. He, actually, it says before that, he will not allow you to be tempted above that which you're able. People take that and they say, well, you know, it's like the Bible says, God won't put more on you than you can handle. That's not what that says. It says he won't allow you to be tempted. So if something is in your life, God knows if that thing would take you out. So God is faithful that he won't allow something to come in your life that you're not able to whip. Why? Because he makes a way of escape. So that means if, if something is in the ring looking at you across the ring, there's seven foot four, it looks like Andre the Giant. You can win. Because the very fact that they're in the ring with you means that you can win. Hallelujah. And that means that I can win with my faith. The Bible tells us that Jesus ministering to many people that were sick would tell people, your faith hath made you whole. Now, what if, what if somebody came up in the healing line and they were healed and they said, oh, praise God. And if I said, your faith hath made you whole, your faith healed you. A lot of people say, oh, now, give glory to God. Well, you are giving glory to God. That's Jesus, the head of the church, that said that. Your faith. He didn't say my power. He said your faith had made you whole. Be whole and go be whole of your play. And so our faith is much more important than we ever realized. But one of the things we have to do is distinguish real faith in God's word from other things. Many times people call things faith, but it's not. Dr. Fred Price many years ago had the book, Faith, Foolishness, and Presumption. We need to make sure that what we're walking in is real faith. Because what's happened many times, people don't get results, and then it, in their mind it gives the message of faith in God a bad name. When what they were actually operating in was not actually true faith. To begin with. Can you say amen? And so I want you to turn over to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. I'm going to deal this morning about another look at faith. 
And we're going to deal with some misconceptions that people have about faith in their life. Galatians, I'm sorry, Romans 3, verse 3. <laughs> Romans 3, verse 3 says this. For if, what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? So what is he saying here? Just because someone doesn't believe, does that change God's word? Does that change God's faith? Let me, let me lay it down to you in the simplest of things. What if someone, the Bible tells us this, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So what if someone died without Christ and went to a lost eternity? Does that prove that it wasn't God's will for them to be saved? Does it prove that the fact that maybe God wanted them to, to not make heaven? Does that prove the fact that, that, you know, God wants some? No, God already said in his word, he's not willing that any should perish. But all should come to repentance. So that's why we always have to go back to the standard of the word of God. What does the word say? You have to have faith in God's word before you ever pray a prayer. You know, here's a classic example too. People come up in a, in a prayer line. They say, you know, when I lay hands on you, will you be healed? Well, I sure hope so. Why? Because how would you know if you're healed? Well, if I get healed, then I'll know that it was God's will. God's word is already established before you pray. Why? Because he laid those stripes on Jesus 2,000 years ago. So all I have to do now is say, Lord, this is what your word says. I believe it. That settles it. Uh, put hands on my head. Come on. And you know, if you're sick, just lay hands on your own head. Amen. You, you just say, Lord, you said lay hands on the sick and, and we shall recover. Lord, I'm sick right now. I got the hands and I'm going to put them up there right now. And, and watch what God does. Hallelujah. So just because someone doesn't get a result, just because someone doesn't get saved doesn't prove that it's God's will they, they died lost. Just because people don't receive answers to their prayer, you know, there's been people that have been tearing for the Holy Ghost for 40 or 50 years. And there's some people that, well, in their mind they're tearing, but there's other people that they receive immediately. What, what does that prove? Does that prove that God wants some people to wait forever? For half a century? No, it just means some people received. And actually, a lot of times, that's the, the whole crux of the situation. The only thing it proves is some people didn't receive. It doesn't prove the will of God. God's word is forever settled in heaven. And so just because people don't get results doesn't change the true faith of God. And so many people have tried to receive. You know, the Bible says for us believers in the New Testament that we are the children of Abraham. Who's been reading Genesis with us in their chapter? We've been reading about Abraham. The Bible says in Galatians 3 that Abraham's blessing is mine. But you know what a lot of people do? They want to get Abraham's blessing with Thomas's faith. How many remember Thomas? Hey, we've seen the Lord. The Lord has been here. If, if I don't see it and I don't put my finger in his side and my finger in, his, in the print, I'm not going to believe. Jesus <laughs> appears eight days later and says, Thomas. The only thing he could say is, my Lord and my God. <laughs> I think he was hitting the floor right then. He's like, my Lord, my God, I repent. He says, Thomas, because you've seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. You know what that's called? That's called faith. Faith has no proof in the natural, but just God's word. That's what faith does. It, Thomas's faith says, if I can see it, I'll believe it. So if we want the blessing of Abraham, we have to have the faith of Abraham too. What was that faith of Abraham? He said, the Bible says that he believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. So when you believe him, it's counted for righteousness for you. But I want to look at some of these misconceptions about what faith is not. You know, you can learn a lot of what something is by what it's not. So I want, to, I want you to look over in Romans chapter 4, just one chapter over. 
So we're talking about another look at faith today and what faith is not. Let me just say this. Uh, faith, the Bible says, is a persuasion. So when you read the Bible, Romans 10, 17 says this, faith comes by hearing. A pastor of mine many years ago um, back in Alabama said this. He said, when you read the Bible, he says, reading that word, that word gets in you and writing piggyback on that word is a substance called faith. So when that faith, when the knowledge of God's word comes, faith is right there too. So how do I get faith or something? Do I pray? No, you get it by reading the word of God, by hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. See, that, that explains why some people have faith in one area and not faith in another, because they haven't heard. They haven't heard in every area. That's why we want to do just like Paul said and, and not shun to give you the whole counsel of God in this church. <clears throat> so number one, faith is not denial. See, if we want to know, see, some people have, maybe they didn't get results because they were walking in denial about something and calling it faith. So does that change the true faith of God? Of course not. Why don't you look at Romans chapter 4? Look in verse number 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is the, of the faith of Abraham. Say, that's me. <laughs> Who is the father of us all? As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and I want you to look at this last phrase, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. This is God talking. God calls those things that be not as though they were. The things that are not, he calls it into existence like it is. Do you know that God is a faith God? That's why we have to walk in faith. You know why? Because he calls you righteous. He's walking by faith. <laughs> why? Because we don't always look like we're... People say, well, I don't, I don't feel saved. Well, you don't look saved. <laughs> I don't always feel... Who, who always just feels like they're just saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost? Good, not a hand. But that's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. But near, here, talking about God, and we're supposed to imitate God, aren't we? So what does that mean? I'm supposed to call those things that be not as though they were. But here's what I want you to see. Notice what he did not say. He did not say that we're going to call the things that are as though they are not. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not broke. I'm not broken. And, and meanwhile, your bills are piling up, piling up, piling up. Is that what God said to do? Call the things that are not? I mean, call the things that are as though they're not. Why? Because those things are. If you're sick, you're sick. If you're broke, you're broke. But what do you do? You don't stay there. You, with the faith of God, you say, Lord, I may be experiencing some of this right now. Brother, you having trouble? Yeah, we're troubled on every side, yet... We're not distressed. That's what Paul said. Paul said this, we've been knocked down, but not knocked out. <laughs> Are you having trouble? Yeah, trouble on every side. I got trouble in the north, the south, the east, and the west, and the northeast. Yeah, we have trouble. Yet, I'm not worried about it. God's, God's still with me. See, a lot of people written Paul back and said, Paul, don't you be making those bad confessions now. You know, you, don't you know that you have what you say? But here's the thing. Unless you really recognize what, what you're facing, you're not going to get free from it. You know, you, you have to recognize the fact that you're a sinner before you're going to receive Christ. Do you know you have to recognize the fact that I'm, I'm sick? See, this is not mind science. It's not Christian science. You know, you know when we confess the Word of God, it's like one minister said, uh, that sounds like Christian science. He said, no, it's Christian sense. It's Christian sense. Where you don't, you don't just, Christian science, where you just deny 
that things exist. No, it exists. If you have a pain, it's like this. Who's ever gone to the doctor? Okay, the rest of you, thank God you've never been to the doctor. <laughs> That's a wonderful testimony. But here's the thing. You go into the doctor, and the doctor is, you know, you go in there because you've got a pain. And then he prods and says, you know, and you just kind of cringe a little bit. Oh, does that hurt? No, I have no pain in Jesus' name. <laughs> well, you denying that it's there, that's not faith. And that's what brings a reproach. See, the, the true message of the Bible doesn't bring a reproach, but it's when people walk in what they think is faith. It's actually presumption. And they think, you know, this is, this is faith. I'm just denying it. But here, here's what true faith does. It recognizes the fact, you know, yep, I've, I've, yeah, I'm in debt. I have this. But with the help of God, I'm getting out of debt. I'm going to pay all my bills. You know, I've been having this, this pain in my body, but by his stripes, I'm healed. I call my body healed. So when you're sick, what is not? If you're, if you're, if you're sick, what is not at that moment? Healing, right? So you begin to call healing into your body. If you're broke, what is not? Abundance. If you're confused, what is not? Peace. That's why even if your mind is in fog land and you just say, you know what? Don't, don't ever say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. How many times have you been saying that? You know, if you ask somebody that, well, they'll say what? They don't even, it doesn't even register. So what, what people are saying is what they have. People are saying what they have instead of having what they say. So you begin to, whatever you want in life, you begin to change the, the Bible says our tongue is the rudder of the ship. You change it. So faith is not denial. We're not going to call the things that are as though they're not. So if the doctor prods and, and, and you cringe, you say, does that hurt? Yeah, don't do it again. But then you go on. I remember going to, when I was in Bible school, we had a class called Practical Christian Living. And there's a reason that they do this. Why? Because you're going, I mean, you're going to the faith school. I mean, like, that's in Tulsa, Jerusalem, Oklahoma. I mean, there's a big faith shield on the church that spins. I mean, you're, you're talking to faith. And so they would teach these practical things. Why? Because it would bring a reproach. And you would have one come in and talk about finances. Pay your bills. You know, people would go to, to Perkins or something like that, and they would sit there for three hours just waiting for someone to pay their bill. And then someone would feel sorry for them. Now, if the Lord told you go there and someone's going to pay your bill, that's one thing. You know, people would go to the doctor and, you know, they'd say, okay, who's your, who's your family physician? They'd write, Dr. Jesus. How many know we, we live in a practical world? So that, that's why we have to have the, the natural and the supernatural coming together to make an explosive force for God. Hallelujah. And so don't deny the problem. Just deny it's right to stay in your life. Amen. Just... And don't feel condemned if you have something working in your body. See, the devil's a, 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 a rascal, isn't he? See, he puts even like pains in your body, then he makes you feel guilty because you have them. Don't feel guilty for it. Just say, you know what? Yeah, I have this, this little thing going on, but I deny it right to stay in my body. I call myself healed. I call myself whole in Jesus' name. Number two, faith is not neglect. Faith is not neglect. You know, you can't neglect your responsibilities in the name of faith. You know, I mentioned this the other day about how th these guys back many, many years ago, they would sell these handles like shovels and, and axes and all these things. And so they're out there and they're, they're going by wagons many years ago. And so anyway, in their spirit, they felt like, you know what? The Lord dealt with them and said, go get those in because it's going to rain. And they said, oh, I'm just so tired. It's been a long day today. So they said, Lord, just protect the handles. 
well, you know, the Lord does help and he does have mercy. But the Lord spoke to him to actually get up and go do it. So that was the Lord speaking to him. So all those handles warped. It rained and then got in the sunshine and it just began to warp. So faith is not you just neglecting your responsibility. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says any would not work, he should not what? Eat. Lord, I'm just, I'm believing you to meet my needs. And, you know, there's been stories. Now, we understand there are different situations. So you have to take those into account. But, I mean, I heard the story one time. This guy, he had been, he, had, he was an able-bodied fellow. He was able to work and work hard. But he was, he was waiting for his dream job. Who's ever heard of that? Well, yeah, um, we, there's a lot of jobs. Well, no, that's not the one I want. I really want that desk job. I want that one job, you know. Hey, um, come, come, um, come volunteer in the church. Well, do you guys um, need anybody to preach? Um, yeah, go get a broom and um, clean the windows first. We'll see how you do. <laughs> and so... We can't neglect our responsibilities. Look at, I want you to listen to what Proverbs 27 says. Faith is not neglect. I heard the story many years ago that, and I mean, things like this can be heartbreaking too because there was this little, little fellow, you know, he was like one or two years old. And what happened is they, they kept telling him, and this was on a Christian grounds, like, like at a Christian summer camp. And they kept saying, you need to watch your little, little guy, you know, watch him. Well, we just, we just uh, the angels were around him. The little guy ended up drowning. Faith does not neglect your responsibility to be a mom or dad. And then people put that off on God and God didn't, didn't do what I said. You know, it's like, like Pastor Kenneth Hagin Jr. said, when God gave out brains, a lot of people thought he said trains and said, I don't want any. <laughs> but you know, the Bible says don't lean unto your own understanding. It doesn't say don't use it. Can you say amen? amen? A lot of times believers say, well, if I could just turn this mind off. and No, God wants you to use your mind. Proverbs 27 and verse 23 and 24. So we're saying that faith is not neglect. Verse 23 says this, Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks, and look well to thy herds. For riches are not forever, and doth the crown endure to every generation. Be diligent, he says, to know the state of your flocks. So you should know what kind of condition you're in. What kind of bills you have. Well, so what happens is, you know, bills pile up. And, you know, if you ever, I mean, I can remember, so, so don't ever feel bad. I remember the day when I'd be at work, working as a dairy frozen manager at Winn-Dixie and getting a phone call from Discover Card. At my work, how'd you get my number here? You know, it's like collections. Because, you know, I had a, a, an account. I mean, this may not sound like a big balance, but when you don't have any money, $5,000 is a big balance. Yeah. And, you know, you, you make a $105 payment and $100 goes to interest. And it says on the bill, if you pay this monthly minimum payment, you will pay this off in 54 years. <laughs> you will be 74 years old. <laughs> Who's ever read that fine print? <laughs> so you need to know what's your bills. And, and never, never avoid people. If you owe them something, always go to them and say, look, you know what? I'm going to pay you. It, it might take a little, you know, if I can give you $20 a month or whatever. You know, people will work with you like that. And that's why you don't want to just uh, avoid people. Amen. You know why I know that? Because I've been in those situations. And so he says here, know the state of your flock. So know what you owe. Know your bills. Oh, yeah, it's just a, 
John Osteen said this one time. He said that, I don't know if it was actually him or if he's just relating this story, but he said this um, creditor kept calling him. He said, look, he said, don't you call me again. He said, I got a stack of bills and I take three of them and I choose three of those to pay them. And if you keep on, I'm going to put yours at the bottom of the stack. <laughs> well, I know we've all felt like that. But know the state of your flocks. Know your debt. Know your interest. And so we know that God will help us, but be diligent to know the state of your affairs. Faith is not neglect. Number three, faith is not a ticket to utopia. See, just because you believe God, you know, utopia is this place where it's just everything is perfect. Well, you know what that's called? It's called H-E-A-V-E-N. It's called heaven. You know, there's people that even believe that we are in the millennial reign of Christ right now. Well, let me just tell you, we're not in the millennium right now. We're not in the tribulation. It's coming, but we're not there yet. So faith is not a ticket to where we just have no problems. Like we just float. Miss Mauer, she just floats on flowery beds of ease. She never has an issue. She never has a problem or anything. <laughs> no, that's, that's not what faith guarantees. It doesn't guarantee you don't have a problem. What faith guarantees, because I know I used to feel condemned if I had a problem. I felt condemned like, oh man, I've, or I have a sickness in my body. But see, that's when you need faith more than ever. Faith is not just where, now, I believe that we can get to the place where if you walk in divine health that you don't have the problems. But in the midst of it, you use your faith right there. So it's not a ticket to utopia. Faith in God doesn't assure that you won't have any problems, but it assures you that you'll overcome them all. Why? Because the Bible tells us we live in a fallen world. That's why we, we constantly exercise our faith. Amen. And, and the Lord actually left some demons here on the earth to practice on. To exercise authority over. Amen. So don't ever get to the place like, oh man, it's just poor old me. Well, this Bible is, the Bible says this is a fallen place. But we overcome when we use the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. That's why he says this is the victory that overcomes the whole world, even our faith. And that's what Jesus said. In the world you shall have flowery beds of ease. <laughs> you shall have tribulation. But see, a lot of people stay right there, don't they? No one knows the trouble I've seen. No, he says, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Number four, faith is not limited. We're talking about what faith is not. It's not limited to specific results. It's not just limited to specific results. And here's what I mean. Most of our believing is for something very specific, isn't it? People need a new car or a car, or a house, or they need a healing. That's very specific. But faith is not just limited to that. I think we should all have this big general faith in a big God. That no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, it's going to work out. Yeah. Things go well for me. I mean, things like that. I want you to listen what happened to the Apostle Paul, we, we alluded to it a few minutes ago. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Look in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. Now, Paul is going to give his testimony here. In stripes, above measure. Now, that doesn't mean he had military stripes on his, his um, sleeve. That means he was beaten. Stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In death, often. 
Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. <laughs> so they beat him 39 times, you know, 39 lashes, five different times. Who wants to follow Jesus all the way? See, no one wants to raise their hand there. He says, three times was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides those things that are without, that which comes upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So this, is, this was the apostle Paul. The Bible says, and when you read 2 Corinthians 12, that there was given him a messenger of Satan to buffet him. What was that? That was a demonic spirit sent to harass him. That, that came and buffeted blow by blow. Who's ever felt like that? You just walk this side, ooh. Well, this side, oh, you get hit. That's what he said. Blow by blow. He got buffeted. But you know, he went on to say, he said, this light affliction works in me, but for a moment. I mean, that's got to be really hard on the devil when, when he does all that he can. And then Paul just says, you know what? This light affliction, it's just for a moment. It's just for, for a little time. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why he says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So that's why Paul said, We're troubled on every side, yet not in distress. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. So just because you get knocked down, if you get back up, what does the Bible say? A, a righteous man may fall seven times, but the Lord shall, shall raise him up, shall pick him up. All you got to do is just get up one more time than, than you got knocked down. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so I believe we should have a general faith in God that everything's going to work out for my good. Everything. I mean, think about Paul. All these things he went through, then to top it off, you know, he's there and, and the Lord appears to him because they had fasted, not because of their own choice, but they'd been out there in the sea and they were about to be shipwrecked. The, angels appear, the angel appears to him and says, fear not, Paul, everyone, I've given you everyone in the ship. So he, he gets up the next day. He says, sirs, be of good cheer. I mean, think about it. They're thinking, who is this nut? Be of good cheer. For the God whom I serve and whose I am, he's, he's appeared to me. And he, he told them, you know, take food. And they were comforted. And he said, you got to stay with me, though, because if you get away from me, I, I can't take responsibility. God's, God says, you stick with Paul. You'll be okay. <laughs> you know, the Bible says he was a pestilent fellow. But you know what? If you stay with Paul, you were protected, though. He was only pestilent to the devil in his works. <clears throat> so here Paul is, though. He's going along, and then they get out, and, and the ship is destroyed. They're, they're treading water. They get out. They get on land. The, the, it said that they were barbaria, barbarous people and, you know, barbaric, and, and it said they were very kind to them. They get out. They get a fire going. Oh, man, thank God we're on the sea. We're out, out of the sea. We're on the land. And then all of a sudden, a viper comes and gets on his hand. Now they, and so then the people said, oh, you know, then look what happened to him. It must be the, you know, the will of God that this happened. And here he was, you know, it must have been some kind of fate that, that this happened to him. And he shook it off. See, that's what you do. You just shake it off. When, when something tries to attach to you, just shake it off. And they said when they looked at him that he would swell up. 
they looked at him and they changed their minds and said, oh, he must be a god now. Yeah. It's like this. You always have the people that say, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then three days later, crucify him, crucify him. So don't be moved by the praises of men. Hallelujah. So have a strong general faith in God that no matter what's going on, Lord, I'm going to make it. If I don't quit, I'm going to make it to the other side. If I don't quit, I'm going to overcome. See, how can you be an overcomer if there's nothing to come over? Amen. You may be, you may be treading water in one nostril above with a straw, but you just keep putting one foot forward. Hallelujah. And then lastly, I'm, this is not the exhaustive list, but this morning, number uh, five, faith is not an isolated spiritual force. What is faith? Because I, let me tell you something. I love faith. I love to hear faith. I love faith in God's word because it whips the devil every time. But faith is not the only message. When you try to take a truth and make it the truth, you're going to get into error. There is no absolute except the blood of Jesus. The word of God is an absolute. But don't just take something and try to make it the truth. Well, you know, this. I found it. This is it. And it, it's this is the truth. I mean, people do that. You can do it with giving. This is the truth. Well, giving is good. But it's not the truth. Fasting is good, but it's not the truth. Where, you know, everything, I'm going to fast for this. I'm going to fast for this. No, there's certain things you need to pray and believe for and not fast for. There's all kinds of things that the Bible tells us. <clears throat> um, spiritual forces that are, that are in our, should be in our life. So what am I saying about this? Faith is not an isolated spiritual force. The Bible says... Faith worketh by love. So, you know, you can have all the faith muscles, but your love muscles can be like Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. I mean, you can just be puny. Yeah. And see, what happens is your faith only works by love. And so the Bible also tells us this. In Hebrews 6 verse 12, that through faith and patience, we would inherit the promises. So faith is as wonderful as it is. It's not just an isolated spiritual force. Take, take a car, for instance. Now, I'm not, I'm not a mechanic, so don't ask me to, to help you out there. I can help give you the tools and the, the one half and the, and the eight millimeters and all that, but I'm not going to be able to work on it. But, you know, if you have certain systems in there, I mean, if you don't have some of those systems working it's not going to make the whole thing work together. Right. I mean, if you, if you have, there's many different ways. I mean, if, if you don't have oil in the engine, it can seize up. If you don't have the, the cooling system working, it's going to seize up. So you, you want every one of those things functioning separately, but they work together as a whole. It's the same way with faith. My faith in God should be strong but there's other things that go in it, like love, like the fruit of the Spirit. And so what we do is we stand up, you know, hey, I'm this tall. My faith is right here, but, you know, I don't have any love. I don't have any peace. I don't have any joy. So all these spiritual forces should act together. You ever notice some people, that's all they want, though? Let me, let me just hear the good stuff, I, you know. You ever heard people giving a conference? Now, this is, this is for as long as I've been a believer. You have a conference on demonology. Man, people come out from the woodworks. You have a, 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 a prophecy seminar. Man, people come from all five states around. You have one on submission. <laughs> You, you have one on, on obedience. You have like 12 people show up. And that's the pastoral style. But see, all those things work together, don't they? All those things. See, that's why the Christian life is, yes, it's about faith. Yes, it's about victory. But it's about commitment. 
It's about dedication. It's about holiness. It's about purity. It's about commitment. It's about <laughs> walking in integrity. It's about all these things. Why? Because if, if you don't have those things, what happens is you get shipwrecked. Paul said, I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. The Greek actually says this, I beat it black and blue. I mean, you have to be rough with your flesh. Flesh, you're not going to do this. I'm telling you what you're going to do, when you're going to do it. I'll tell you when you eat. I'll tell you when you don't eat. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. And here's the thing. I heard a man of God say this many years ago, and it's always stood with me. He said, you can intimidate your flesh. Sometimes your flesh can be just gives a little bit of a hint. You know, we think we could do this. And, and you know, that's all it takes. You just go that direction. But you can build the inner man up so strong. You can build him up to where you intimidate the flesh. You think we can do it? No. Well, no, I'm just asking. You know, think we can? No, no. You, you go to sleep when I tell you. you. You get up when I tell you. You do what I tell you. You, you pray when I tell you you're going to pray. You understand? But see, what do we usually do? We're really rough with people sometimes, but we, we take it easy on ourselves. But we're supposed to be rough with ourselves and generous with other people. Love other people. But, in the, but back at the ranch, I mean, you're really rough with yourself. Not condemning yourself. See, don't get into condemning yourself and, and punishing yourself and making yourself pay penance. I've done that too. And, and I was never Catholic either. But I'm just talking about you can, you can, you can make yourself, you can punish yourself. Bless God, you missed out, and I'm going to really make you miss out. I'm going to really make you suffer. You missed it, I'm going to make you really. See, that's the devil. That's why you have to learn how to forgive yourself in life. You know, it's wrong to hold grudges against yourself. Well, you know what? Everyone's forgiven me, but I'm just going to hold against myself. And I'm not going to follow the dream of God in my heart. I'm not going to follow God to the fullness. I'm going to make myself suffer. I'm going to make myself writhe in, in pain you know that is nonsense forgive yourself say to yourself self I know you missed it but I forgive you I release you call yourself by name will I forgive you I release you go and do God's will people think it's okay to forgive others but hate yourself the Bible says love your neighbor as you love yourself well if, what if you hate yourself then your neighbor is in trouble you forgive yourself. You love yourself. You receive the, the, the love of God for yourself. You know, I shared this one time, but our pastor said that one time he was, he was giving a, a big altar call and different people there. And you could tell this, this, this one lady came up and you could just tell by her lifestyle that she had not lived a good life. And she, um, she was there and the Lord saying, God loves you. He forgives you. And the Lord speaks to him and says, you don't believe that. He's like, the Lord loves you. And he keeps going. He said, you don't believe that. And the third time, he's like talking and having this little conversation going on with the Lord. He said, how is it that you can believe that, that I love them and reach my hand of mercy out to them, but you can't receive it for yourself as a believer? Why? Because he said he was just so hard on himself. But you had to forgive yourself. Amen. So, so faith is all these different things. Thank God for the faith of God. Faith can move the mountain for you today. Faith can, can remove things from your life, but it's always going to be with these other things. Faith is not isolated. Faith is not neglect. Don't neglect things and, and pretend that they're going to just go away. Let me just say this. God is moved more by your faith than anything else. And, and this is one thing you have to realize when it comes to sickness. People say, should I go to the doctor or should I not? First of all, don't tell people because it's not your body. But people don't receive according to what God can do. Well, I believe God can do anything. You don't receive according to what God can do. God could put you on, on Mars tomorrow. But that, that doesn't mean that he will. He has the ability to do anything. But we don't receive, get this, if you don't get anything else, you, don't, you do not receive according to what God can do.
You receive according to what you can believe. God can do anything, but will he do it in your life? Well, it depends if you believe him or not. So that's why you have to, when you agree with somebody in prayer, always agree with them on their faith. I may believe that God can heal them. They may believe that God's going to bring them through a surgery. You know what? That's a victory. Because I've had surgeries myself. And thank God that the hand of God was there to lead and guide and get me through and have a, a textbook perfect operation and to see the hand of God in my life. So no, don't neglect things. And do not deny things either. Because you know what people do in the process is they deny things and deny things. And a simple surgery can, could help some people. I'm not telling people what to do. But, but what happens, this is just an illustration, what happens is people, they, they think that their faith, some people's faith is in not taking medicine. Your faith should be in the Word of God, not in, oh, I'm not going to take that medicine. Now, Pastor LaShawn gave this testimony Wednesday night. We were just talking about when the Lord healed me. The Lord specifically dealt with me not to take the medicine. And the doctors rebuked her and me for it. But the Lord, I'm standing here today, praise the Lord. And so you have to do what the Lord wants you to do. Don't do something because someone else tells you to do it. Should I take the medicine? Should I not? Should I do this? The answer to all those questions is in this. Be led. Be led. What is the Lord telling you to do? Be led in life. The answer to a million and one questions today is be led. So faith is not denial. Don't deny things. Don't deny, well, you know, I got this little growth here. Well, you know what? If you deny it too much now, it might be twice the size. Some people, if they would just had a simple surgery, they could have dealt with it or put their faith on it. Some people just put, put fear on it. You know, it's like, it's like this. You know, I'm going to, I mean, I've, I've had things that, that happened to my body. And you have to jump on it with two feet. There's, there's been things that, that come and you have to make a decision immediately. Either I get a, a miracle right now or I have the procedure. And I like what Brother John Osteen said. Because he, you know, he, like, he had a pacemaker and he had some different things. He had heart problems all his life. Skinny as could be, but he had very high blood pressure. But he had an open heart surgery and he said... In his preaching, he said, Brother Osteen, don't you, um, don't you hate saying that? He said, no. He said, I like living. Don't you hate that, that you had to have that? No. He said, I like living. So the ultimate thing is to live, and while you're living, build your faith. But, you know, what, what happens is people out of pride won't do certain things that are easy. And, you know, another thing that, that's disheartening is to is when you see people do that with children. They don't have faith, but then they're going to use their faith on their, their little child to not give the child medicine. And what does that do? And then the child dies, and it brings a reproach on faith in the body of Christ. Amen. If you don't have enough faith to use it on yourself, don't use that faith on somebody else. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. But say this with me. I have... The faith of God and this faith overcomes the world. It gives me victory in every area in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, just praise Him for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Victory is mine. Victory. We used to sing a song. Victory is mine. Victory always is mine. According to your word, I have what I heard. Victory always is mine. According to your word, I have what I heard. Victory is mine. We just need to come back to the brass tacks of, and the basics of faith in God's word. Faith overcomes. You can whip anything with faith. But be careful that you don't just call certain things faith 
That's just denial. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to take that. Or, if the Lord deals with you, then you do it. If the Lord speaks to you, you do certain things. Amen? Hallelujah. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for your people. Lord, we just thank you today that this word would take in their heart. We just magnify you. We glorify you. We thank you for your word today. Lord, that removes burdens, that your spirit removes burdens and destroys yokes. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. With every head bowed in this place and every eye closed, with nobody looking around, I just want to give an invitation today. If you're in here and you say, I've never, ever given my heart to the Lord. I've never surrendered to him. I've been doing life my own way all these years. But I want to come to him and I want to know this faith, God. I want to know him. Friend, I'm going to ask you a question. If you died today, do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? You don't have to go to a devil's hell. You can walk out of this place and know for sure, for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven, that your home would be there. And so right now, I just want to give this invitation. If you say, you know, I, I want to I know him and I want to come to him. I want to give my life to him. Then you can do that today. Because over 2,000 years, the blood was shed and the price was paid for you and I. Jesus says, come unto me, all of you that labor and are heavy laden. I want to give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's so much easier serving Jesus, because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And maybe you've been carrying that heavy load and the burdens on your shoulders of, of the world, the weight of sin, the weight of the weight of all these different things that, that, that the enemy would come and try to distract you and try to take your life out. But today can be the day of freedom. Today can be the day of liberty. Today can be the day where bondages are loosed in the name of Jesus. And secondly, you might be in this room and you say, you know, I, I've known the Lord. I, I came to him at one time and, 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 and I used to serve him and I, 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 love, I loved him. And I, and I used to come to church every time the church doors were open. And I was at every Wednesday service and I was reading my Bible and I was praying. And, and, and I, did, I did all those things and I was living close to him. But then something happened to me. Something happened to me and it rocked my world it just it just took the wind right out of my sail and and I just found myself not serving God the way that I should and that I I lost my joy and I lost my peace and 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 I found that I just I I'm 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 not as close to him anymore and and my heart is not close to him and 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 the Bible says that you know you can come to him and he'll restore to you the joy of your salvation Maybe you lost your joy. You lost your peace. Maybe it was a loss of a loved one. Maybe it was, it was something that happened to you. Maybe, maybe you lost your job. Maybe a relationship went sour. You got disappointed. Or maybe you got offended in the church and something where, where somebody just offended you. And it just caused you to just have an icky taste in your mouth. Whatever that thing is. The Lord saying, come back to me. Come back to me. I want to restore to you the joy of your salvation. Come back to your first love. Maybe you found that you lost your first love and that you just don't love him like you used to. You know, you can't ride the fence. The Bible says that he'd rather you be hot or cold. But if we're lukewarm, he'll spew you out of his mouth. 
the time that we're living in is only meant for being hot. You have to be hot, on fire, hot, hot, hot. And today you can say, Lord, light me up, make me a blaze for you again, like I used to be. Make me on fire, set my heart ablaze for you so that I can burn for you and let others see me burn for Jesus. And the Lord will bring you back to where, where you used to be. In all those years that were stolen, he'll bring you back. And he'll fill you with his peace and fill you with his joy. Peace and joy. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And that's what your portion should be. And thirdly, you might be in here and you say, you know, Pastor LaShawn, I love God. I love him, but, and I've given my heart to him, but my mind fights me all day long and tells me that I'm not saved. I love him, but I just have this battle. It's like something just sitting on my shoulder saying, oh, you're going to split hell wide open. You're not good enough. But I've given my heart to the Lord. But you need to take care of that once and for all. That tormenting spirit goes from you today. It can go from you today. Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Not next week. You don't know if you have today. Today is the day of salvation. You don't want to go out of this place and not know where your home is, where your home is, whether you'll be, where, where, where your home is made in heaven. That should be your only option. You have an option. But you don't want to leave without knowing that that's where you would have your home. And so right now, with nobody looking around, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, that's me, I fit into one of those three categories. That's me. I want you to pray for me, Pastor LaShawn. Pray for me. Just quickly slip up your hand and say, that's me. The Lord's dealing with me. I see that hand. The Lord's dealing with me. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. You know how you know that the Lord is dealing with you? Is when, when, when you just, you're getting stirred up on the inside. And you're like, man, I, I got to make it right. And it's the Holy Ghost. Don't, 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 don't ignore those moments that the Holy Ghost moves on you and is tugging at your heart. Do not, do not ignore that. So if that's you, say, yes, I want you to pray for me. I want to make things right between me and the Lord, no matter where you fit in that category. The Lord is calling you. Then just, I want to pray with you and for you. So everybody look at me on this side of the room. If you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included in that prayer, quickly slip up your hand and I'm going to pray with you. I see that hand. I see those hands. This is nothing to be ashamed about. This middle section, I want you to look at me if you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included in that prayer, slip up your hand. I feel eternity in that room. I feel eternity in this room right now. And in this section, if you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included in that prayer, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know that you're saved and that you're born again and that you're on your way to heaven, then quickly slip up your hand and I'm going to pray with you and for you. If you say, I, I need, I, I, it was me, then stand real quick. Stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Stand, stand, stand. If God's dealing with you, stand. I believe there's more. 
I believe that the Lord is dealing with people right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Just stand. If God is dealing with you and he's dealing with your heart, stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to share this story. Just keep standing because I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait because this is important. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when I, my pastor always shared this, he said, he said that he was in a meeting and that he kept on feeling the pull of heaven, just like I feel it right now. I feel the pull of heaven. I feel it. And he said, he said he was waiting and he couldn't close that meeting. He said, why, Lord, why? He said, there's more. There's more. And you know, he waited for over 20 minutes and a young man came up to the front with the rest of the people. And he was about 18, 19 years old. And then the Lord said, no, you're not done yet. And then pretty soon another guy, and he was in his 80s, and he came up and he stood at the altar. And then he felt the release of heaven at that moment. And did you know that he found out that week from the pastor where he was at, that he found out that that night, the, the young man died in a car accident. And then that, that same night that the, the old man died in his sleep. What if he didn't wait? What if he did not wait for someone to come to Jesus? It is a holy thing. This is a holy, holy thing. And it can decide your eternal destiny right here, right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want, if you stand, I want you to come up front. And we're going to pray together. And if there's anyone, perchance, at the sound of my voice, that does not know if they would walk out of this place and they would die right now, and you don't know where you'd go, then I want you to come up here and we're going to pray with you and for you too. I want you to stand a straight line. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Face me, face me, face me, face me. Face me. Face me. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's anyone else, anyone else, anyone else, any other person being tormented by the devil that's being tormented by the enemy right now. I want you up here right now. If there's anyone else who's being tormented by the enemy in their mind about this issue, come. Thank you, Lord. I feel the anointing of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want everybody out there in the congregation to stretch out your hand right now to these people right now. This is the family of God. I want you to stretch out your hand as we pray right now. Everybody pray this prayer after me with, it, with, your, with your heart and your lips out loud. Raise your hands to heaven up here. That's where your help comes from. And you just say this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you and I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Set me free. I believe that you died for me and you rose 
and you're coming back again for me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. I give you all of me for all of you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost and a hunger for the things of God and a holy boldness to preach your word and to be who I'm called to be. I give you all of me for all of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you that I'm born again and I'm, on, and I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven because I've got Jesus in my heart. So right now, I receive as hands are laid upon me. In Jesus' name.